It's said that in order for humans to survive, we need three things, food, shelter, and sex. Let's talk about the latter. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Colloquies. I am your conversationalist, Chantel. Today, we are going to get down and dirty with sex and relationship therapist, Dace Mars. Dace, welcome to the show. Thank you. A sex therapist is a unique career choice, and I'm a little inquisitive about what led you down this career path. I was always fascinated by sex and relationships. Growing up in a house with, with no emotional or physical intimacy at all, I had to read books, and you know, in, these, in these novels, I, I think the first one for me was probably Marco Polo. These people would fall in love, and they're having sex with the person that they were in love with was like the emotional climax of this whole adventurous life they were having. And from then, I spent a lot of time just reading, reading about it all throughout my adolescence. And then when I got to college or university, I was kind of just the, the rebel kid with blonde hair that everyone else asked for sex advice. And it just became kind of a thing. Okay, let's talk about intimacy in the relationship. I know that intimacy isn't only sex. It can involve so much more. However, I think a lot of times we may confuse intimacy with solely meaning sex. Why are sex and intimacy such a vital part of a healthy relationship? Without intimacy, there there's no release of oxytocin, right, which is the bonding hormone. It's the the thing that makes us linked to other people because alone we, we're not able to survive. We, we need other people to, to live all throughout history. And all the things that are intimate, you know, like deep eye contact, talking about your vulnerabilities, uh, sharing moments together, they release this hormone that bonds us to, to the people who are important in our lives. And while sex can also release this, and often is a very good expression of this, when we grow up without intimacy, we learn how to be around other people, be excited around other people, but still avoid bonding as much as we could. So sex kind of becomes a symbol of how much intimacy we feel with the people who are most important to us. So for women, and this might also hold true for other genders, it's easy to speak with your girlfriend about your sex life, but I find that for myself and probably many others, having that conversation with your partner proves to be a little more challenging. Part of this may be um, generational ideas passed down through the years. Still, many couples have a hard time having these conversations. Is there a blueprint of sorts for couples wanting to be more open about sexuality and intimacy in the relationship? I mean, it sounds really simple, but it's it comes down to vulnerability, right? Being able to to share the things that turn you on, that you want, that make you feel excited and valued and safe. And a lot of times the difficulties start because we, we hide these things, you know, until it's, it's, we're in a relationship, we feel like this person's like not going to leave us. And then we start sharing these things and discover it's, it's not maybe the best match. It's just an easier thing to, to learn if you're single, but if you're already in a committed relationship with someone where maybe these things don't match, it's trying to keep an open mind that 
your partner is a different person from you who maybe wants different things that can teach you something about yourself along the way. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned vulnerability because I think a lot of times we think of vulnerability as a weakness when in fact it's actually um, quite the opposite. So Dace, I also wanted to discuss high libido and low libido in relationships. This is something that many couples face and don't know how to address. You know how it goes. The guy is usually considered as the more aggressive one in the relationship, having a high libido while the woman just wants to be left alone, but mm. really it can go either way among all genders. What are some suggestions for addressing the issue of high versus low libido? Strictly, libido is a hormonal thing, right? That occasionally you have people with a big hormonal mismatch. And that's a little more complicated issue, but more commonly, the, match is what's, the mismatch is what's called between um, reflexive or reactive uh, arousal and spontaneous arousal. And spontaneous arousal is more common in men, but it is across genders, which is, you know, just suddenly it's like a thunderbolt hitting you. You, you feel like full of sexual energy. You, you want to, to do something about it. Whereas reflexive arousal is you reacting to the other person's desire for you. You're maybe not thinking about sex at the moment, but you use something, you know, they do that thing that turns you on and so slowly or suddenly you, you get into the mood. But where this becomes more difficult is, you know, in the early stages of the relationship, even if someone is normally very reflexive, they're, you're, they are more open to, to your partner you know, being turned on out of nowhere, to, to having sex maybe when it's not the right time for it. But in uh, long-term relationships, you know, all these responsibilities get in the way and it's like, oh, we can put this off, we can put this off, I'm not feeling quite right right now, like it's not the best moment. Thinking like that leads to is just... The, the partner with spontaneous desire, feeling like it's not okay to express that desire. And the partner who reacts to, to their partner's desire is, is no longer like having as much to react to. So the most helpful thing you can do is to not wait for those moments where your desire lines up because it's, it becomes more and more rare, but instead making it about inviting the other partner into your state. If you if you are turned on to to take the responsibility to turn your partner on. And if if you are a par partner who likes to be aroused by the other person to also take action when you feel like you want something. So staying on this topic of high and low libido, what are your thoughts on couples introducing a mistress into the relationship? I know this is something that's still a bit taboo, but has definitely gained uh, more attention over the years. What are your thoughts on this? It really depends on the individual couple. There are some cultures in Europe where this is still a norm, that they, you know, the wife provides stability and the mistress provides a uh, sexual relationship. And I think even just a few decades ago, it was pretty standard in, in, in America. But... Now, with the kind of the shift in culture that women, that sex is something that's pleasurable for women as well, it's not something that will be as satisfying, I think, to a lot of women compared to learning how to navigate the feeling that of, of you know, this play between the partners 
of this person wants me, I want them back, or this person reacts to me when I want them. And while allowing you know, that, that energy to be directed to another person, to a mistress or to a lover or whatever can, can ease tension between the partners, it doesn't do anything to improve the connection between the, the original partners. I also wanted to briefly discuss sexual trauma. I know mm-hmm. that this can be a heroin experience with far-reaching effects that last a lifetime. In terms of this, if someone has had an unwanted sexual encounter or abuse, how can this individual go about rediscovering and reintroducing pleasure back into their life? Definitely therapy. A lot of people avoid therapy because of shame and hope that they can fix things with their partner, especially if they have a partner that they know loves them. But that is generally a lot of responsibility to put onto another partner in an act that's supposed to be between the two of you. Whereas when you work through these things with a therapist, there is a partner who's not invested in your responses. There's, there's a person, rather, who's not invested in your responses, who's not invested in any outcome with sex. And you can just you can share all your reactions, like get all these kind of shame and pain that you associate with it and, and let it out into the air so it, it gives the time to, to breathe and let go of those things. As for you know, feeling pleasure, it is about processing that shame about processing pain or hurt or anger or all these these negative emotions that we associate when we're trauma- with sex when we're traumatized by it. And being able to let those things go and decide that you want sex is something you want for yourself, not for your partner's sake. And last but surely not least, Dace, you are a sex therapist, so it's only right that before we end, you share a few tips with us for getting in the mood. We're getting in the mood. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with a new partner, it's it's a lot easier because there's a lot of desire that comes from anxiety. You know, the brushing your hands together, like your your hand against their hand accidentally, or all these all these kind of subtle things usually arouses a lot more than just being very very direct about about our desire. When we're in longer relationships, we, we forget that, you know, we forget the ability to be playful about wanting the other person because we spend so much time with them. We've, we've seen everything they have to give or, or so we think, so we lose the playfulness, we lose the surprise. But to get that desire, it's letting yourself, you know, express another part of your masculinity or your femininity in a way that's new for you and and showing like a different side of yourself to your partner in a playful way and letting them react to that. Again, Dace, thank you so much for joining us today on Everyday Colloquies. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. For those of you listening that may be interested in transformative sex and relationship therapy, be sure to check him out at dacemars.com. He is also on the gram at dacemars. Be sure to give him a like and a follow. Thank you all for tuning in today to Everyday Colloquies. I'll see you all next week.